take your Bibles and go to Exodus chapter 20. We're going to continue on going through the Ten, Ten Commandments. We are at number 4. And let's go ahead and read it in verse 7 of Exodus chapter 20. It says, Thou shalt... Not, wait, that's not it. That's not, uh, that's, we already did that one. Verse 8, I'm sorry. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work. Thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor the stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. Remember the Sabbath day. This is one commandment that causes a lot of confusion sometimes. Because, wait a minute, what... You know, we all believe we should keep following the other commandments, right? You know, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt have no other gods before me. But what about this? Remember the Sabbath day. How many of you all, you know, did some kind of work yesterday on Saturday? All right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, a lot of us did. Okay. Uh, did you break the Sabbath? There are some people out there today that would still say that you did. We have a lot of people out there that are trying to bring the Sabbath back into Christianity, you know, saying we need to worship on Saturday instead of Sunday because we need to be observing the Sabbath. And uh, you've got other people that are saying, well, no, the Sabbath now is Sunday. And listen, there's a lot of confusion out there, but I hope by the end of this message, you will get this commandment. It will be clear that you will understand it because I'm telling you, there is a lot of dangerous teaching that is going around out there about the Sabbath day. And unfortunately, a lot of Baptists, they don't really know how to defend this. And so I, I hope it'll be clear to you by the end of this message. But first off, I just want, I want to cover off, cover some myths about the Sabbath. Okay. And what a lot of people will do, a lot of Christians, whenever you start talking about, Hey, are we supposed to keep the Sabbath. And they will say, well, listen, the Sabbath was for the Jews. Are you a Jew? All right. You know, even though the Bible says he is not a Jew that is one outwardly, you know, it's an inward thing, but it wasn't just for the Jews. Look what it says in Genesis chapter two, long before there was a Jew, we have all the way at the very beginning. It says in chapter two, verse one, thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the hosts of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made, and God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he had rested from all his work, which God create, had created and made. Alright, so right there, we see that the whole Sabbath day thing, the day of rest on the seventh day, and the seventh day is Saturday. The seventh day is not Sunday, the seventh day is Saturday, it's always been Saturday. And the seventh day, God sanctified it long before there was ever a Jew. Long before the Ten Commandments, at the very beginning... And so, turn over to Matthew chapter 12, but something happened, you know, over the years, you know, we all get caught up in our traditions and things, and we see that the Sabbath day, it actually, it, it ended up becoming something it was never intended to be, okay? Notice, you know, Sabbath was about rest, wasn't it? It, it was about rest. And that's a good thing. We need rest. We need a day off. We, I, I think it's a good thing. We ought to take a day off every week. 
But notice that it was it was a good thing that God gave. It was a way to take a burden off people. But the Sabbath day literally had been made into a burden because of people's traditions. Look what it says in Matthew chapter 12, verse 1. It says, In that time Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn, and His disciples were unhungered and began to pluck the ears of corn and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto Him, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. But He said unto them, Have ye not read what David did when he was unhungered? And they that were with him, how he entered into the house of God and did eat the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which were with him, but only for the priest? Or have you not read in the law how that on the Sabbath day the priests and the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? But I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. But if ye had known what that meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice, ye would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath day. And when he was departed thence, he went into their synagogue. And behold, there was a man which had his hand withered. And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days that they might accuse him? And he said unto them, What man shall there be among you that shall have one, one sheep? And it, if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? How much more then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore, it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. If you look in this passage here, it's very clear that they had turned the Sabbath day into a burden. I mean, they don't want them eating anything on the Sabbath day that when you need to eat, they didn't want them even healing somebody. I mean, this man is carrying a burden. You know, he needs healing. But no, you can't do that on the Sabbath day. And Jesus said, hey, there's one greater than the Sabbath day here. There, he said, I am Lord of the Sabbath day. And in Mark chapter 2, verse 27... It says, um, and it's from the same story, he said unto them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Do you all see that? God gave that Sabbath day for us. Man needed it. Man needs a break. Man needs a day off. You'll notice also in that passage in Matthew, Jesus said, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. He mentions if you have a sheep and it falls into a pit, you know, you're going to pull them out of that pit, even if it's on the Sabbath day. That's going to take some work. And that was spelled out in the Old Testament law that you were allowed to do that. If your ox fell in a pit, you were allowed to pull them out on the Sabbath day because if you don't get that ox out and it dies down in there, you've now created more work for yourself. I mean, you've lost a great deal of money. That ox gets a lot of work done. And you have created more trouble. You've defeated the purpose of the Sabbath day by making it a burden, by making it hard, by making it difficult. People, they, did, they just didn't understand it. Uh, they didn't get the concept of it. But it was clear from the beginning that man was not capable of keeping the Sabbath and not doing any work. And that's why Jesus said, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. We see even in the Old Testament law, there were some... Uh, you know, exceptions that God put in there because man was going to need mercy. He was not going to be capable of doing this, you know, in a, in a perfect way. You need to keep that in mind. That's very important. But we see one thing is very clear, though, that even today, does not everyone not need a day, one day off a week? I mean, we need a day off. You work seven days a week. If you work every day, I'm here to tell you, you're going to it's going to get you. It's going to eventually, you know, it's going to 
get you down physically. It can cause you to get sick. It's not good. People need a day off. People need some time to rest. And so God, as a way to help man, he gave the Sabbath because man needed it. Man needed that help. Man needed to rest from his labors. Okay. And so the the whole Sabbath day thing, it was not something that was just for the Jews. It was something that was around before the Jews. And to this day, man still needs a day off. Okay. But does it have to be on Saturday? Well, we'll cover more of that in a little bit. But go ahead and turn over to Colossians chapter 2. Because this is another myth that goes around out there. And even sometimes Baptists will say this because, you know, we, we've got to say that we're all still for all ten of the commandments. And I am. I am still for keeping all ten of the commandments. But look at what it says in Colossians 2 verse 14. It says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of any holy day or of the noon moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come but the body is of Christ. You all see that? He said, let no man judge you. He names all these things. And he said specifically, he mentions the Sabbath. He says, don't let anybody judge you in that. Don't let let that happen. Jesus Christ, when He died on the cross, He fulfilled all of those ceremonial laws. He fulfilled all of those ceremonial ordinances because we could not do it. Those things were against us. We were not capable of doing those things. And so Jesus Christ, He he abolished those. That's one word the Bible uses. He nailed those things to his cross. Are we still supposed to keep the Ten Commandments as far as you know the you know, thou shalt not kill? Obviously we are supposed to keep those things, but those things don't save us. And when it comes to ceremonial things in the Bible, Jesus finished those things. And a myth that is out there a lot of Christians will say, well, Sunday is now the Sabbath. That God changed the Sabbath to Sunday. But you know, the truth is, you can't find that anywhere in the Bible. There's nowhere in the Bible where God commanded us to observe the Sabbath on Sunday. But we do see that in the New Testament, that nobody's supposed to judge us on that. Therefore, all these cults that are out there that are teaching that we should have church on Saturday instead of Sunday... They're violating that scripture right there. Let me, you know what? This, I, this is what I personally believe. I think if churches wanted to have church on Monday, they could do it. Now, would that be a wise thing to do in America? All right. Most people work Monday mornings. Okay. Most people, Sunday is their day to go to church. Traditionally, for a long time, I've never studied out the history on it. I really don't care about the history on it. But for as long as I've known, churches have gathered together on Sunday. And that's just when people are used to it. That's the best time for doing it. And you know what? We're going to keep meeting on Sunday. I think it's the best day to do it. Many people believe that they did it on Sunday because that was the day Jesus rose from the dead. The Bible doesn't say that. But you know what? If there's a church out there and they want to have church on Monday, go ahead. You know, good luck getting people to come come to church every Monday morning. But at the same time, I'm not going to accuse them of violating the Sabbath day because the Sabbath day isn't Sunday. The Sabbath day, I believe, ceremonially, it was finished at the cross. But at the same time, 
I do believe we're supposed to keep the Sabbath day. And I'll show you what that means. The Bible is very clear in the New Testament of what that means. But don't let anybody judge you in that. Sunday is not the Sabbath day. Alright? Just don't... Make sure you understand that. There, but listen, there's nothing wrong with you giving the Lord a day. Some people call it the Lord's day. In John, he said, I was, you know, brother and companion, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And everybody's like, that was Sunday. It's the Lord's day. Well, I think it probably was, but at the same time, it didn't say it was Sunday on there. But he didn't say it was Saturday either. I'm going to go around telling everybody it was Monday. Just, you know, so I can, you know, add new things to the argument. You know, it doesn't really matter. And the truth is, if you want to give the Lord a day, that's fine. But do you understand that even if we claim that Sunday is the Sabbath, isn't a lot of what we do on Sundays labor? You know how many churches, a lot of churches do their soul winning on Sundays. Is that rest or is that labor? Okay, you know, that's labor. We had fellow, we're having fellowship today. Some of you ladies, you got up and you cooked this morning. You violated the Sabbath. You know, if, if Sunday's the Sabbath, then we're supposed to keep that, you know? You know, shame on you. You know, none of the men, we probably didn't. We probably, you know, sat around and slept in while they did that. You know, I know I did. But uh, I was just trying to keep the Sabbath. Right? No, that, that, that has nothing to do with it. That has nothing to do with it. But listen, there's nothing wrong with you giving the Lord a day. I, I, I consider Sunday the Lord's day. I reserve Sunday for the things of God and for church things. And you know what? Maybe that's why America we, traditionally has a five-day work week. We see in the Bible it says six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But in America, typically five days is what we do because we take, usually take Saturday and Sunday off. You know, maybe because they knew we need a day off and we want a day that we can give to the Lord. And I, I think that's, I think that's great. But don't tell people you're keeping the Sabbath by doing that. If somebody ever asks you, you know, well, what about, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Don't say, well, I don't work on Sundays. I go to church on Sundays. That is not you keeping the Sabbath day. And so, the Sabbath day, and this is partially true. Alright, you got to be careful with partial truths though. So we want to be careful on our wording here. We don't want to send the wrong message. But turn over to Hebrews chapter 3. The third myth, this is the one I want to focus on, is that the Sabbath day was done away with. Okay? And that's not completely true. Alright? Notice what it says. Now, the Bible did say in Colossians, let no man judge you in that. So wouldn't that mean, you know, if I'm working on Saturday, people can't judge me on that. You know, I'm not violating anything. I'm not doing anything wrong. But the same, so that does, wouldn't that mean the Sabbath is done away with or completed? I, I don't like saying done away with. I like saying completed. It was finished. But at the same time, there is a way that we keep the Sabbath. And this is very, very important. And this is what I want, I want you to get. It says in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 15, while it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but them that believed not? So we see they could not enter in because of unbelief. Did you know not everybody that came out of Egypt was saved? Not every child of Israel was saved. There were many who did not believe God. And we see here they died in the wilderness. It says 
They did not enter into his rest. Why? Because they didn't believe. Look at chapter 4. And he says, Let us therefore fear, lest the promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Okay? We want to enter into God's rest. We want to keep the Sabbath. We want to fulfill the Sabbath. And we don't want to come short of it. Just like we don't want to come short of the glory of God, right? The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know why we need to get saved? Because we're sinners. We're not good enough to go to heaven. We all come short of the glory of God. And we don't want to come short of entering into his rest. What does that mean? All of you need to enter into God's rest in order to go to heaven. All of you need to fulfill the Sabbath day in order to go to heaven. What are you saying? How do, how do we do that? Okay, I don't, don't come short of it. Look what it says in verse 2. How do we do this? Are you adding some new way to get saved? No, it's actually the exact same thing that we've been preaching, but it's a, maybe a different way of looking at it or wording it, but it's very, this is very helpful if you understand this. It says verse 2, For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Okay, here we have Hebrews, we have Jews that were believers. That were saved. Hey, the gospel was preached to the other Jews too, but they didn't get saved because they didn't have faith. Why is that? And it says, for, verse 3, For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works, and in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached enter not in because of unbelief. They didn't enter into God's rest because of unbelief. Just like if you don't get saved, it's because you didn't believe God. Verse 7, again he limiteth a certain day, saying, And David, today after so long a time as it is said, today if you will enter, hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Alright, I don't know if you all caught that there. But what he's saying right there, if we're going to enter into his rest, we have, we have to believe. Let us not fail. Let us not come short of it because of unbelief. The way we keep the Sabbath day, the way we get saved is by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. What does that mean? It means we have ceased from our own labors. We have stopped working for our salvation and are trusting in Him. You know, it's very possible. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to judge you today, but if it is very possible that there are some that are in here today, you're doing all the things that Christians are supposed to do. You are here sitting in church today. You read your Bible, and it's labor. You're doing these things because you think you have to do them to go to heaven. There are some who they've gotten baptized, thinking I have to get baptized in order to go to heaven. I have to do these works 
in order to go to heaven. You know what that's called? That's called laboring. And God said we need to enter into His rest. We need to, we need to rest. You know what that means? That means we need to stop doing our own work and we need to trust in the work of Jesus Christ. We need to stop laboring. And right now, those of you who are saved, who put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you have ceased from your own works. You put your faith and trust in His works. You all are living the Sabbath day. Every day, spiritually speaking, is the Sabbath day for you. But if you are one who's trying to work your way to heaven, you're laboring. You're working. You're working when you're supposed to be resting. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. You know, today should be the Sabbath day for you and you need to rest. You need to stop working for your salvation. You need to start trusting in Jesus Christ. So those ceremonial laws, I, do, I believe they were finished, you know, while the Ten Commandments still apply. The moral law, it's never going to go away as far as, you know, we should always keep the moral law, but it has nothing to do with salvation. Look what it says in Romans chapter 3, verse 29. Romans 3, verse 29. Look at what it says here. It says, if he, the God, is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision through faith. Do we make void the law through faith? God forbid, yea, we establish the law. What's he saying right there? Okay, He's saying hey, he's the God of the Jews. He's the God of the Gentiles. He's, he's God of everyone. But if we are going to go off faith, all right, you people that just believe, you know, think that you just have to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and have faith to go to heaven and you don't have to have the works too, you all are, are, are against the Old Testament. No, actually, when we have faith, Bible says we establish the law. Those of us who have called on the Lord for salvation, you might not have understood all this when you first got saved, but when you call on the name of the Lord for salvation, you know what you're doing? You're saying, I'm a sinner. I mean, I imagine everybody in here, hopefully, when you got saved, you one of the things that you maybe prayed is, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. What are you saying when you admit you're a sinner? You're saying, I transgressed the law. I violated the Old Testament. I'm a sinner. You know what you're saying? You're, you're admitting that the law is good and I am bad. See, you're establishing law. Those of us who are of faith today, we are, we, we are not against the Old Testament. But the Old Testament's kind of against us, isn't it? It shows us that we're all sinners. And you know what we're doing? We're reading that Old Testament. We see all those laws and we're saying, I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I have broken those laws. And the truth is, no matter how hard I work, I can't pay my sin debt. But I want to enter into His rest. I want to go to heaven. I admit that the law is good, but I am sinful. And I'm going to call on the Lord for salvation. I'm going to ask for His mercy. Because I can't do it. I can't keep the law. I can't keep any of it. I can't keep any of it. And when we do that, what we're, we're admitting that the law is good. And that's why we preach stuff from the Old Testament here all the time. We're showing, hey, folks, this stuff's sin. A lot of people today, when you start preaching against sin, like that's Old Testament. Yeah, it is Old Testament. That's Bible. And we got to keep preaching this stuff to show people that you're a sinner. There's people all over sitting in churches today, reading the same Bible we are, and for some reason they're still walking away thinking, I'm good. I'm good enough to go to heaven. No, you're not. You're a sinner and the Bible proves that to us. And when we have faith, 
we're not making void the law. We're establishing the law. We're saying, yeah, it's good. The Old, Old Testament is good and I'm guilty of violating it. But thank God for the New Testament, the New Covenant that teaches how Jesus Christ, He paid for our sins. We don't have to keep the law to go to heaven. We can put our faith and trust in Him. We can live the Sabbath through Him. Jesus Christ fulfilled those laws, the moral law, the ceremonial law. He did all of that for us. And so God judges us, I believe, the same way today that He did the Jews in the Old Testament. He wants us to believe. Look at what it said. Go back to Exodus chapter 16. Exodus chapter 16, the children of Israel, they've just come out of Egypt. And, you know, God is, is getting, He hasn't given the Ten Commandments yet, but one of the things that God did for them. God was feeding them manna. They didn't have any food. They're wandering in the wilderness. God's going to take care of His people. God gave them, He gave them manna every day. And if you read through the Acts chapter 16, this manna, it would come down from heaven and it would be on the ground every morning. Every morning it was there and they would gather it up. They'd have food to eat. And God told them on Friday, there's going to be double manna. And you gather up enough for two days. And it'll stay good. See, that manna, if they would store the manna for more than one day, it would get worms and would be bad. But it wouldn't happen when they gathered it on Friday. It would stay good for two days. I mean, it, it was a miracle. And so we see here in Acts chapter 16 that there were some that did not do things the way God said to do it. They went and they had only gathered enough, enough up for one day on Friday, and then they went back out on the Sabbath day when they were supposed to be resting, looking for manna again. And God wasn't happy. Look what it says in Acts 16 and verse 23. It says, And He said unto them, This is that which the Lord has said, Tomorrow is the rest of the Holy Sabbath unto the Lord. Bake that which you will bake today, and see that you will see that what remaineth over lay up for you to be kept until the morning. And they laid it up for the morning as Moses bade, and it did not sink. Neither was there any worm therein. And Moses said, Eat that today, for today is the Sabbath unto the Lord. Today ye shall not find it in the field. Six days ye shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is the Sabbath in it, there shall be none. And it came to pass that there went out some of the people on the seventh day for to gather, and they found none. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long refuse ye to keep my commandments and my laws for see uh, see, for the Lord that hath given you the Sabbath, therefore he giveth you on the sixth day the bread of two days. Abide ye every man in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. I don't know if you all caught everything that happened there, but God was very displeased because there were many that did not trust God's provision. They saw how if you stored manna for more than one day, it was going to get worms and it was going to stink. And they didn't bother just trusting God and gathering enough for two days like He said to do and just trust Him that it would stay good. They didn't do that. They got enough for one day and they think, I'll go out the next day and I'll labor. I'll work on the Sabbath. I'll gather up what I need. But you know what? They went on that seventh day. They went to labor and they got nothing. And God, wasn't, God was not pleased with them. God was, God was upset with them. And you know what? We have people doing the same thing today. God has told us the way to salvation is by trusting in His work. God has called us, God has called mankind to enter into His rest. To accept Jesus Christ as their Sabbath. And to cease working from their labors 
And there's a lot of people out there today, they're kind of playing the whole church thing. They say, yeah, I believe in Jesus. I, I, I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. But you know what? They're doing like many of the children of Israel did. They're working too, just in case. They're, they come to church just in case you need to go to church to go to heaven. They haven't put their faith and trust completely on Jesus Christ. They're doing the works too. But the Bible says, if we do that, we're coming short of entering into His rest. If you are here today thinking, I need to be here because I want to be good enough to go to heaven, do you all realize you've come short? You've not entered into His rest. You are laboring. The Bible says you need to cease from your labors. Turn over to Romans chapter 4. So this, I believe this is a great example of people who say they trust Christ, but they're trying to do the works too, just in case. There are many religious people out there. When you talk to them, yeah, I believe in Jesus Christ. I know all the stories about Jesus Christ. i got statues of Jesus all over my house. Well, yeah, do you know 100% you're going to heaven? Well, I'm not real sure. You know, why not? And what do you... What do you think you have to do? Well, you know, you got, you got to be good and I don't know if I'm good enough. They've, they've not ceased from their labors. They're still working. They're not saved. Look what it says in Romans chapter 4. It says, What shall we say then that Abraham our father is pertaining to the flesh is found? For if Abraham were justified by works, if he were justified by works, he hath whereof the glory, but not before God. For what saith the Scripture? Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward, not reckoned of grace, but of debt. Okay, aren't we saved by grace through faith? Well, if we're working for our salvation, then that salvation we're getting, it's not of grace, but of debt. Okay, listen, God doesn't owe us anything. Okay, God, and so look, verse 5, But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Y'all see that? Him that worketh not, but believeth. Those who are saved today, they have ceased from their labors. They have stopped working for their salvation. You have entered into His rest. I'm living the Sabbath day. I'm experiencing Sabbath day. That's what, we don't keep the Passover today, folks. Jesus Christ already fulfilled the Passover. Jesus Christ was the sacrificial lamb. Jesus Christ did all that. He finished that. We can look back on the Passover and be reminded on what God did for us and be thankful of it. But you understand that Passover, it was a very tedious thing. There was a lot of labor involved in it. And we should not keep the Passover because Jesus already fulfilled it. He did it for us. And the truth is, when it comes to the Sabbath day, while it's still good for you to take a day off one day a week, it is wrong for you to try to keep the Sabbath day as a way to fulfill the law, because Jesus already finished that for us. Jesus did it for us. Jesus did the work. And we, in order to enter His rest, we have to cease from our labor and believe in Him. And when we do that, the Bible says we enter into His rest. And so why would I, one day a week, try to observe the Sabbath day when the Bible makes it very clear that since I'm saved, every day is the Sabbath day for me. I'm still going to take days off when I need to. I have liberty in Christ. I can do it whichever day I, I want. But I'm going to still do that because I still need that physically. Spiritually, I, I don't need it. Spiritually, I don't need a day off. Spiritually, I'm on vacation for the rest of my life. While many people are in church laboring, working hard, trying to work their way to heaven, 
what, and, and then they're not even going to get into heaven. Where me, I, spiritually, I am. I'm on vacation. And I, I'm never going to quit. Y'all, ever, when you ever go on vacation, you know that low that you have when you come back. Oh, back to work. You know how depressing it is? Well, thank God, when it comes to salvation, we don't ever have to go back to that working for it and trying to, trying to earn it. But let's read a few more verses here in Romans chapter 4. So many good things in here. It says in verse 5, But to him that worketh not... Uh, that one, Verse 6, Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works. David wrote about this, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. You all realize that even though we're all sinners, if you, when you put, because you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, God's not going to hold it against you. Now, the devil will every day. The devil is the accuser of the brethren. The devil will remind you of your sins every day. But God won't. He will not hold those things against you. One of these days, I'm going to stand before Christ and I'm going to be allowed access into heaven even with the devil accusing me to God and saying he's a sinner. And when the devil accuses us, he doesn't even have to lie. Think about that. I mean, the father of lies doesn't have to lie about us. He can tell the truth. But you know what? God's not going to hold those sins against us. Why? Because Jesus already paid the price for those sins. And His blood covers us. It cleanses us. And notice, we get that covering, that cleansing has nothing to do with our works. Nothing. God gives that to those who will just accept the free gift. Those who will believe. Verse um, 9. Cometh this blessedness upon the circumcision only, or upon the uncircumcision also. For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. How was it then reckoned? Was when he was in circumcision or an uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. A lot of people, you know, the circumcision was a huge thing. It was a huge ceremonial thing for the Jews. It was very, very important. But right here, Paul's showing that, you know what? God saved Abraham before the circumcision. Abraham got saved before circumcision. It's showing right there that it's always been about faith. It never was by the works of law. Nobody ever got saved by works. There's people out there that are teaching in the Old Testament it was faith plus works. No, it was never faith plus works. Never ever. It makes it very clear here in Romans chapter 4 that it wasn't by works. Abraham, if he was justified by works, he had where the glory, but not before God. He wasn't justified by works. Verse 11, and he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of faith, which he had yet being uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe, though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. And the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but to them also which walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised. What did Abraham do to get saved? He believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. He was around 70 years old when that happened. This was before he offered up Isaac as a sacrifice. It was before he was circumcised. It was before any of those things. Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. And what does the Bible teach in the New Testament? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Oh, it was different believing in God and believing in Jesus. No, actually it's the exact same thing. You see, well, they didn't believe in Jesus back then. No, but they did believe in God. But Jesus Christ, the Son, was not revealed yet during that time. 
He has been revealed to us during this time. And when we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, we're believing in God. It's the same thing. There's, there's, no, there's no two ways about it. And it's very clear about that in the Scripture. We don't have time to read through all of Romans chapter 4, but man, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful passage. It's full of great truths. And once again, just, but basically, to sum it all up, if you're working for your salvation, you're not believing. You're like those Israelites who are out there gathering the manna up for, for you know, they, they didn't gather it up for two days, thinking, I'm going to have to go back the next day. I can't trust in God's provision for that one day. And there are a lot of people out there today sitting in churches. I, I can't just trust in God's work to get me to heaven. I can't just trust in the work of Jesus Christ. I've got to do my own works too. And the Bible makes it very clear. If that's what you're doing, you've not entered into His rest. You're not saved. And you need to get saved. You need to stop trusting in yourself. And you need to trust in Jesus Christ. And many today, they're being. some people are being good. Hopefully this is you today. You're being good out of your love for God. That's what you should be doing. Some of you are being good just in case believing doesn't work. And if that's your attitude, you're not going to believe. I remember I went and visited a Baptist hospital one time. With my, I was with my cousin and my uncle. And I was like, man, a Baptist hospital. You don't see those where we're from. And I was like, I was born in a Methodist hospital. And my uncle's like, yeah, they probably sprinkled you too when you were there. And, then, you know, and, you know, and my cousin you know, just kind of laughing. You know, he was just like, hey, that's okay. That way, if our way doesn't work, maybe the Methodist way. Well, you know, just, just joking around and having fun. But, you know, that's where a lot of people are at. Yeah, I, I believe, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe not of works the same man should boast. But, you know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go try Catholicism for a while. I'm going to try Mormons for a while. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cover all my bases. If you're doing that, you're not believing in Jesus Christ. And that's the one thing you have to do to get saved. And so the children of Israel, they were not willing to place their lives into the hand of the Lord. They weren't trusting God. And many Christians are not willing to put their souls into the hands of the Savior. God said, hey, just believe, believe on me. Are you sure, Lord? I think you might need my help. I think I need to do the works too. But listen, that's, if, if that's your attitude, you're not saved. And I'm preaching these messages on the Ten Commandments to remind everyone, you're not that great. You can't keep these Ten Commandments. You can't keep the Sabbath. Jesus did that for us. You cannot keep the law of God. You cannot be good enough to make it into heaven. These commandments were given to show us our need for a Savior. When God gave them the Ten Commandments, Israel should have said, they should have cried out for mercy and said, Lord, we can't do this. Forgive us. Save us. I I believe God would have saved them. They didn't do it. They they tried keeping the law. Not all of them. Some of them, you know, they cried out for mercy. There was guys like David. um, You know, many who who did. But let's not make the same mistake the children of Israel did. Let's just believe God. That's what you need to do today. Some of y'all... You, you might be here today. If you're just coming to this church thinking you need to do it so you can go to heaven, I would rather you quit coming to church and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ than for you to come to this church for the rest of your life and not put your faith and trust in Him. You can come to this church every time the doors are open until Jesus comes back. It won't get you to heaven. It doesn't save anybody. You've got to believe on Him. You need to remember the Sabbath day. You need to enter into His rest. And we do that by believing on Jesus Christ. 
I'm not going to observe the Sabbath day because I'm living the Sabbath day. I'm Every day is the Sabbath day for me. I have ceased from my labors. I'm not preaching today so I can go to heaven. I'm doing this because God's called me to do it and I'm going to get rewards for it. And I'm all, I'm all for that. And that's what you, that's what, that needs to be your attitude. And our way of keeping the Sabbath is we trust Jesus did that for me. Jesus, He fulfilled the law. Jesus Christ is the Lord of the Sabbath. Don't get caught up into this, oh, we got to have church on Saturday. Even if we did, that's still not keeping the Sabbath. Don't get caught up in Sabbath got changed to Sunday. Even if it did get changed to Sunday, we're not keeping the Sabbath. That's still, that, that's still not keeping the Sabbath. And we keep the Sabbath by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I hope you've done that. And so with that, let's all stand together.